Awesome job. Are you clapping because of the power of love or because I'm about to deliver a sermon? Which one is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I fully believe that. Um, this morning, we are in week number two of our series entitled Back to the Future. If you've seen the movie, you no doubt remember that the character played by Michael J. Fox, he ends up traveling back in time. And for the remainder of the movie, he's trying to figure out how to get back into the future, back to his present day and age. And so uh, during the series, we're going to be looking back, looking back at the early followers of Jesus, looking back at the early church to see how we can bring some of that awe, some of that movement here into the present age. Now, the book of Acts, as I mentioned last week, looks at the early followers of Jesus. I'm going to take you back to the second chapter of the book of Acts. We're going to look at two verses this morning, verses 42 and 43. Now, Shauna made reference to the fact that we have letters all throughout the chapel. What do those mean? What do those have to do with anything? You're going to find out in a matter of mere moments. Now, fasten your seatbelts, okay, because we are going to move very quickly through this this morning. going to be a really short sermon, okay, so miracles do happen, and then we're going to uh, do something a little bit different this morning, okay? So it's going to be okay, I promise. Just, just trust me for the next few minutes. Okay, we're going to the book of Acts chapter 2. Verses 42 and 43. This is talking about the early followers of Jesus. They had not yet been called Christians. That would come uh, years after this. Okay, here we go. They, the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. The apostles, they're simply messengers, those who go out delivering the good news of Christ. So it says that these early disciples, they were devoted to four different things, okay? They were devoted to the teachings about Christ. They were devoted to fellowship. We looked at that last week. We're going to look a little bit more at that this morning. They were devoted to the breaking of bread. This doesn't mean Holy Communion. This simply means to the fact that they were having these meals together, these deep, intimate times in, in people's homes as they got to know each other better and better. And then finally, it says that they were devoted to prayer. So last week, we looked at the special emphasis that the early church placed on the connection with other people. They realized that we were created by God to be in relationship, to be in relationship with God and to be in relationship with one another. Now, sadly, in many ways, we, we kind of lose that desire for connection. Maybe we're too busy. And let's face it, when it comes to connection, we have to be very deliberate. We have to be very intentional. 
At times we have to be vulnerable, we have to be raw, and we have to be real. Now, in previous generations, one of the most desired aspects of a house was the front porch. It was a way in which people connected to their neighbors. They would sit in a rocking chair on the front porch and people would stroll by. It was a great opportunity to have fellowship with one another, to get to know their neighbors. But throughout the past decade, interestingly enough, front porches have really lost their appeal. Now, in previous decades, porches were, like I said, a place of community. You could walk and you could talk with your neighbors. Uh, Front porches were also a place to unwind after a a busy, grueling, hectic day. But but now, instead of sitting out on the front porch in our our downtime, we are immersed in TV or the internet or, or doing other things. We're not out on the front porch like we used to be. It was also a time when families would gather on the front porch because it was cool. That was before air conditioning was as popular as it is today. Now people stay inside. And now instead of going onto the front porch, people, uh, they pull straight into their garage. They, they go into their house. They hang out maybe in the backyard, which is surrounded by a privacy fence. And, and sad to say, in many cases, people don't even know their neighbors. So think about this when we talk about that connection with other people, being in many cases forced to be in a setting in which we're surrounded by other people. Now, in the late 1920s, it saw the explosive growth that was something that was seen as really beneficial, something that was very positive, but this cool thing, this positive thing, this new thing was something that many people thought would destroy the fabric of our nation destroying the fabric of the American family. What could that be? Electricity. Think about it. Electricity obviously is a good thing, but many people felt that it would be the the downfall of the American family. Here's why they thought that, okay? In 1930... Uh, Nearly 90% of households in this country had access to electricity, but in rural areas, that number was a whole lot smaller. How could electricity ruin a family? Well, because before electricity, entire families would stay together in the same room, generally in the room with a fireplace. They didn't have electric heat after all. And so families shared together as they sat around the fireplace, maybe sitting around the radio, sitting around later the TV. They often laughed together. They prayed together. They told stories with one another. But with electricity, people could do their own thing in their own space all around the house, and they lost that that, that community that they even enjoy within the same household, under the same roof with their families. And last week, I mentioned that there are no lone rangers when it comes to the Christian life. In many cases, we talk about our faith being a personal relationship with Christ, and, and it is a personal decision, but, but it's not a private decision. Okay, we're called to live our lives in relationship, in community with one another, and our faith shouldn't be private. It should be something that dictates, that motivates, that guides, that leads us into the ways in which we act, the ways we speak, the ways in which we react to those around us. And so we know that we need those connections, and that's why here at Chapel Roswell, we offer opportunities to grow and to serve with those around us. We've talked about small groups where you can develop and strengthen with others that sense of community. We have mission opportunities where together we make a difference in our community and we make a difference within our world. We want to show others that they are loved by us. Why? Because they are loved by God. 
Uh, we have events that promote fellowship and connection. In fact, we have a few coming up. Shauna will share more about that as we wrap up in just a few moments. But we need those connections, okay, when we're going through tough times. There, there's safety in numbers. We know that people, they got our back. What, it, what, a, what a blessing it is to know that that's the case. When my wife was pregnant with our daughter, she's now nine, and so nine and a half years ago, my wife had a major health scare, and she spent three months in the hospital at Emory University. Many cases and many times, we, we thought that she wasn't going to make it. And I remember how powerful it was to be able to walk step in step with people who were stepping down into my pain with me. I wasn't alone. I was sad. I was grieving. I was hurt. I was heartbroken. But in the midst of that, people were walking with me. People were pushing me and carrying me and guiding and leading me. People delivered meals. People would pray for us. People would babysit our oldest son. And so people were there. And what a blessing it was to be in relationship with other people. We're, we're blessed to have connections through the rough times, through the difficult days, but we're also blessed during the good times when people are rejoicing and celebrating with us. We know that regardless of where we are or what we're going through, that we are not alone. Do you feel that way? If the bottom fell out tomorrow, would you feel supported and cared for and loved and prayed for by, by other people? Or would you feel like, man, I feel so alone. I feel so isolated. I feel scared and hurt and fearful, but all by myself. Now, now think of zebras. What does it have to do with the early church? Well, I've always assumed that zebras had these stripes so that they could you know, kind of blend into their setting, into their environment, blending into their surroundings. But, but actually, the stripes of the zebras, they are at their best when they are on the move and when they are with one another. You see, zebras, they, they travel in large groups in which they, they stay closely connected to, to one another. The, the main threat of the zebra is the dreaded lion. But the zebra stripes offer connection and protection when they are all walking step in together. The, the patterns you see of each zebra's stripes, they blend in with the stripes with the zebras around them. And this is so confusing to the lion who sees not merely a, a single isolated zebra, he sees this large moving striped mass instead of the individuals. The lion has trouble picking out one zebra and so he really doesn't have a good plan of attack, so in many cases he just doesn't. It's hard for the lion to even recognize which way the, the pack of zebras is moving. They see a big blob of black and white. You see, zebras are at their best when they are together. And the same could and should be said about you and me, especially when it comes to our faith. You see, in our culture, people are not looking for a better argument that God exists. In many cases, they're not looking for a better argument that the gospel is true and transforming. But friends, a skeptical world wants to see where lives are changed, where lives are lived differently. Do they see a Christian culture that is no different than the rest of the world? As a follower of Jesus, as a believer in Christ, are, are your lives different than those of your next door neighbors, those at your workplace, or those at your school? Can people around us, can they really see lives that are lived differently? 
and not only lived differently, but lived with one another. Can they see that? Do you sense that? So I mentioned this morning we're going to do something a, a little bit different. Now, over the past two weeks, we've looked at the desire and the need for connection with one another. We're going to kind of wrap things up right now, but, but don't leave, okay? Here's what we're going to do. We have something really cool, I, I think, and I hope, and I pray, lined up, okay? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to find a way to, to maybe get to know other people. So in just a moment, we're going to break into these little groups, okay? Now, let me warn you, okay, you're not going to be asked to share your faith or talk about anything that, that is deep or, or, or intimidating. You're not going to be asked to pray out loud or anything like that. We're going to divide into groups, and here's three questions we're going to ask, okay? Just three basic questions the chance to learn about some of the things uh, in the lives of the people who might be sitting around you. So I'm going to pray for us. Sean's going to come up, tell us a little bit about some upcoming things we've got going on, and then to stay where you are, then we're going to kind of disperse. I'll give you instructions on how we're going to do that. Don't be intimidated. Don't be scared. It's going to be painless. It's going to be beneficial. It's going to be a blessing. So just trust me with that, okay? Uh, let, let, me, let me pray for us. Well, good morning, Heavenly Father. We we thank you for the amazing love that you have for us. Let us be mindful of the fact that we were lovingly created by you and that, God, we were lovingly created by you to be in relationship with one another. God, allow us to develop and strengthen relationships with people who will walk with us through life. We ask, Lord, that you lead us to those relationships and that we can be the kind of friend who blesses others. And Lord God, as we wrap up this morning with something a little bit different, give us a sense of peace and encouragement and affirmation as in many cases we're stepping out of our comfort, our comfort zones for this, but remind us of the fact that you often call us to step out of our comfort zones and yet you are always with us. Lord God, we pray for our community, we pray for our families, we pray for our workplaces, our schools, and our world. There's a lot of pain and a lot of hurt around us. And Lord, we ask for your peace and your hope to fall upon our community, our families, our workplaces, our school, and our world. Father God, may we always remember that we are yours. And we pray these things together in the name of Jesus. Amen.